Welcome to A Table in the Corner, a podcast by me, Russell Wasserfall. As a writer, editor, photographer, and cookbook publisher, I've been working in the media space for over three decades. I've also run music venues and bars, owned a couple of restaurants, and eaten a lot of fabulous meals. Join me as I chat to the chefs, producers, and entrepreneurs who drive the food industry. Together, we'll dig deeper into our obsession with the business of eating. If you like the show, hitting follow really helps our numbers. You can also leave content ideas and comments on the Instagram page at a table in the corner. But today I'm speaking to Chef Peter Ayub um, of Sense of Taste Cooking School. He has also recently opened a restaurant um, with his wife Debs uh, called Urban Playground that's been getting an enormous amount of traction on social media. It's got some crazy, crazy uh devout fans already um and we'll talk about that a little bit later but i want to start by asking shift peter about cooking school what on earth are you doing running a cooking school well um well firstly i've um i've been cooking all my life uh, straight off from the military um went overseas studied to be a chef and i've been cooking ever since and uh I'm not very religious, but I am super blessed yeah. that I still love every single minute that I'm in the kitchen. Okay. Um, we, we started doing private chefing. Um, I, um, well, first I had restaurants and then I decided to get rid of them. I took a sabbatical. I went back to chef school and I, <laughs> I went and I went to, in those days, the best school in South Africa was Higgs. Uh, David Higgs' school. Whoa, yeah, okay. Um, and then um, I actually started Sense of Taste with a partner who is uh, Tanya van Arnhem, who's Achim, Achim van Arnhem's daughter. So we started Sense of Taste together. It then got a little bit serious. We started getting a lot of uh, a lot more traffic and a lot more functions and all that kind of stuff. And then what happened was she said, look, this is getting too serious. Would I buy out? So I bought out. And Sense of Taste just grew and grew and grew. Um, so you started Sense of Taste. It was effectively a catering operation it wasn't a school as Um, such i hate using the word catering because it sounds like someone out of the garage making samosas samosas yeah Yeah. so we call it flying food for festive gathering so whether it was for two people or five or 400 or whatever and what what year was that when when abouts was that so sense of taste about about 20 years old how did you make the leap into running a school what i found over all my years of chefing that most chefs couldn't count to 10 and cook. Um, <laughs> so I offered my services to um, Rebecca from Hearst Academy yes. for free. And I used to teach them business management. Um, yeah, because I mean, most artists fail in this in, in, in any industry, whether they're a painter, whether they're a chef or whatever, because, because they just can't count. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, being a being an artist and being a businessman are very different. Yeah. And if you can do the two together, yeah. which... Uh, Thank God I can. Otherwise, I wouldn't be still still here twenty years later. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, so I decided that uh, the functional catering went exceptionally well. I mean, we were doing huge numbers. Uh, we we landed the Istanbul Fashion Week. We did. We flew over to Istanbul. We did. Um, I think it was five days at ten thousand people a day. Um, tw- uh, twenty ten, the World Cup. We we landed some of the best things. I got to meet Pele. It was just incredible. I cook for the Brazilian fan park, but for their top end clients. Um, so yeah, and then as as I was saying earlier, my my claim to fame is is having cooking a private dinner for Nelson Mandela. Um, 
That's right. I, yeah. I, when I was doing the research in this, I, I you know, saw that you'd done that. Getting cold shivers now, when, when I stood in a room with him, you could not believe the aura of that man. You know, it was just, um, I mean, I've cooked for some, Doug Bono was amazing from U2, um, Jay-Z, Beyonce, um, amazing, Kardashians, terrible, um, Robbie Williams, what a man, what a yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, you know, we, we've, done, really we've done, done the yard. And we, yeah, I've, I've earned my stripes. Um, and then, and then I said to Deb, you know what? We've, we, we can afford this. Let's cut back. Let's stop doing catering. Cause I'd had enough. I mean, yeah. you know, we would sometimes do a function for one and a half thousand people plated. You got to take the ovens there. You got to, I mean, my, my sous chef Byron came in as a little 18 year old. We've adopted him now as our son. Yeah. Um, so he will take over the businesses and. And, uh, you know, he's, he's grown and if it wasn't for him, I don't know where I'd be because between the two of us, two of us, we, and obviously Deb's from the, uh, marketing side and the admin mm. side and all that. So there's a little trio that's, that's happening here yes. and all of us are very, have different skills. Yep. Um, but yeah. And, and I think it's about this next intake will be our 14th intake. Um, okay. So 14 years of students have passed absolutely. And it's incredible. You know, some of my guys, um, for instance, the head chef of Potluck Club is one of my ex-students. Uh, Steven Spielberg's private chef is one of my students. Um, you know, so it's just, it's now rewarding where we're seeing where these guys are at, you know, and that, that is incredible. I think, I think the thing with schools as well, you know, there are some schools that have been around for a hell of a long time. Yes. That, you know, age doesn't make you the best thing, you know. In these interviews and over the time of my career, I've come across your, your graduates here and there in kitchens. And... It, the the word is always it's amazing. Debs and Peter are amazing. Oh, they take care of us, and it's like a family. And I didn't want to leave because it was a family. Put it this way: um, we believe in helping people. Um, during COVID, we started a feeding program. That's right, you did, and it's still running to this day, isn't it? Today, and you um, you use it as part of your syllabus for the school, hundred percent. But it's yeah. done first thing in the morning, so the students have still got that compassion, and and it's not an afterthought because to Beautiful. me. Every one of us from Chef Byron, Debs, myself, all my staff, all my students can eat from that food yep. as well. So we make sure that if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for the, for the shelters. Um, a family thing, I think it's because we're very small. We only take 20 students. So we're not a, we're not a meat churning thing. Right. Um, second year, we, we quite selective who does the diploma. So we might only do 10 to 12 of those 20 students do their diploma. Um, and we take care of them. And the thing is that with Debs, I mean, she's like a Florence Nightingale, you know? I mean, she's like a mother hen. I've heard that said of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she looks after these kids. And, you know, anything around the world, people get hold of her. She organizes with the, you know, on the, on the groups. She gets them jobs. So, so once they finish from Sensitase, it's never, okay, that's the thing. end. Yeah. We always keep in contact. We make sure any new jobs that are exciting, we put it out there to these guys. And my recommendation to anyone matriculating, or should I say grade 12, that's how old I am, matriculating, <laughs> do a trade, whether yeah. it's a chef, whether it's a motor mechanic, whether it's an electrician, um, a plumber, no one can ever take that away from you. And there are jobs. You know, you've got to, you've got to sit back and say, if I go and study, no matter what it costs, I'm not going to get a job. And yeah. that is the most important yeah. thing. And I heard stats, I mean, whether they're true or not, that in uh, – 2028, 20, one in three jobs will be in hospitality. Um, and, you know, it's, it, I can pretty much see it. You know, I, I, yeah. And the other thing as well is, I mean, you take Cape Town. I mean, 60% of our jobs are in hospitality. Our, our restaurant 
scene is growing and growing. And it seems every every week there are two or three more openings. And the point is that they're getting absorbed. And and, and they're not as many closures as they, as they were. 100 before. Because there is the capacity to do it. So, but that, so can I can I interrupt you? Yeah, can, no, no. Can I tell you why? Why? Because these restaurants are actually being opened by qualified chefs. There we go. You know the days, the days, and it's really, it's really upsetting for me. It's like someone who's a lawyer, okay? He thinks my wife's a hell of a great cook. Yeah. I'm retiring. I know how to drink, and my friends are going to support me. It's never going to happen. You know, this is a. I can't. I can't become a pharmacist because I'm not qualified. How can people come into my industry and actually do what I do yeah. and expect to make it work? You know, if you want to invest, fine, but yeah. employ a qualified chef, employ a qualified front of house person. And those are the restaurants that are working. And if you take today in Cape Town, even the small ones are little chefs that have said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go do something for myself. So that is exactly why it's different. <laughs> I'm going to make a little quotes. May I do this? Yeah, please do. Okay. So I was watching Ray Donovan, one of the other families, like the, the guy who actually caused all the havoc in all the other seasons. And right at the end, he comes into Ray's office and he sits down and he says to Ray, how on earth can the best steak restaurant in New York not get a star, but someone who's doing truffle-infused cockroach balls actually get a star? <laughs> and you know what? I pissed myself. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And that is what makes Urban successful. It's, it's what? phenomenal food. Cockroach balls. <laughs> it's the best food in town. It is edible. It is. We don't, we don't create this like, oh my God, like what is this? It's like. People Firms, know what's humans, but yeah. they eat it and they want to come back that same month for the same dish. Um, we don't teach foams and frosts and things like that. Yeah. I teach people how to cook. Yes. How to season. And yes. that is, after two years, if I can actually get them to be able to cook properly every method yeah. and season per, to perfection, yeah. they built their, their foundation. So it's like an architect. Once you've got your foundations, after that, you can build anything on top of it. I mean, my, my all-time um, god of cooking is Paul Bacuse. I mean, most, most people, even though they think they know food, have never even heard of him. And I mean, he's the godfather of, you know, if you take, um, what's his name who invented it? Chefing. Um, Briot Severin. No, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Escoffier. 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 Okay. Wow. He's the man who made chefing an actual trade. There we go. Okay. Look, tell me a little bit about Urban Playground. I mean, how did that? open so while we were doing the feeding program um it was uh chef byron uh demi and myself and we started uh, cooking for about 50 people a week yeah and i was i the way urban playground now was my first little kitchen when i started sense of taste okay the, uh, the kitchen itself is 48 square meters mm-hmm. um I stood upstairs and i said to because my wife threatened me with my life that i never opened another restaurant I've got I've got a contract written in blood. I always joke with my wife that we'll never open another restaurant. So I get you. So I stood upstairs. Um, I went outside for a breather. So I stood outside and I looked at this little building and I called Byron. I said, Byron, should we open up a restaurant? And he was like, he said to me, Debs will kill us. Um, so I called Debs and I said, just wait here. And I called Basil and I said, guys, let's open up a restaurant. Debs says to me, no. So I said, Debs, we'll do it right here. So I can still teach the students. I can come down at lunch, check that everything's fine, go out, finish teaching the students, come down and cook for dinner. And she was like, how on earth are we going to cook a rest, make a restaurant out of this whole thing? I said, no, I've got a plan. Because, I mean, let me just interrupt you there as well, because if you 
said to me, I'm going to open a restaurant here, I would have said no, because it's in the middle of an industrial area and, and it's like a small table mountain view. So there we go. So that's the vision, yeah, isn't it? And the reason I started Sense of Taste in Maitland is because it's the most central part of Cape Town. And it's easy to get to on this highway Every system. three ways within two minutes. Exactly. Okay. Um, when we were doing functional catering, you can imagine how important that was. So that's why I bought you. Anyway, I confident steps. So me and Byron went and we bought power tools. And we bought power tools. <laughs> and, we bought power tools. and then we said, well, what are we going to do it with? So we said, no, let's do pallets. And we begged, borrowed, steal, bought every pallet that we could find. So basically, this was created in COVID, around COVID, as a dark kitchen. So it's the thing that makes urban so different, it's only chefs. We don't have a front and house. We don't have waiters that look That's bored, right. standing around. So the chefs do everything. Okay, you just Exactly, because the, the, the times that I was here for lunch, someone was cooking in the kitchen, they brought me out my lunch. Isn't and they were chatting to me, Isn't and it, it was fantastic. So yeah? we made these chefs actually feel important. Yes. So when you look at them, their uniforms are immaculate. Yeah. Um, and that's what I teach upstairs. I hate, you know, when I go to a restaurant and the back door and they're grubby and they're sitting with a cigarette and it, it freaks me out because food is food. It's, it's, it's clean, it's love, it's, it's, it's passion, it's family, it's everything. And if a chef is grubby, you know, it's like, Jesus, I don't want that dude to cook me. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, sort of thing. So that's what Bourbon's about. And we play r- loud music. We're quite cocky as well. If people don't like it, we tell them to on your it's, bike. It's almost, ca- well, it's almost like a biker culture that's, that's operating, which is very <laughs> much like kitchen, isn't it? It's like a biker culture. And, you, know. Well, you, you know, I mean, uh, like Marco Pierre White, I mean, you know, is, is it worth that anger, that Gordon Ramsay, that is your life? You know, I mean, I had that half of my career. I yeah. cooked every Christmas, every New Year. Now we close. I give my staff off during the season. We close for Christmas, New Year, so they can spend time with their families. I never had that opportunity. Screaming and shouting in a kitchen no, is just not on. No, no, yeah. you, you want these guys to be happy. And our, our corkage polish was uh, polish. <laughs> polish. Polish. <laughs> no charge, just bring a beer for the shed. Yeah, yeah. So once we get at nine o'clock, once we've got most of the mains out, the guys start having a drink and we play the music that we like, but once again, like you said about your restaurant, we only seat about 40 covers. There we and go. We will yeah. never grow. People say to me, I've had about seven opportunities to people say, Can I franchise it? Yeah. They don't understand. 80% of our prep gets done upstairs. We have a state of the art school where we, you know, at they what they see here is only the last 20%. Yeah. And, you know, you can't just franchise this. This is real food. It's it's real food. And I think that the thing is as well is that what I have seen it as and enjoyed it for is the fact that your students get some actual real world experience of running a restaurant, of costing a dish. The with Urban, it's a very different story though. Urban is also it's my give back to this. So Byron and Basil, I yeah. gave them fifteen percent shares each. Okay. So they're sh- shareholders of my business. Um, the students that you see working at Urban are actually people that have come out either with learning disabilities or um, financial broken homes and things like that. So we've given them a four-year program where we pay them. After four years, they get the same certificate that would cost them nearly 200,000 rand, which is what done upstairs. So that's oh. our – so we currently have four students in that in that mold. Um most of them are in their second year, one's in their third year. 
Uh, we got a new one starting in January. So that's that's what Urban's about. Urban's actually about, um, and I'm a strong believer, chefs don't have to be rocket scientists. Yes. You know, it is a trade. Yeah. So sometimes with ADHD or dyslexia or things like that, people from the uh, school of skills, you know, don't don't condemn them. Just because someone can't spell doesn't mean they, they're stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. Know? Um, some of our greatest um, business people are, are dyslexic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's what Urban's about, you know. And I don't want to sound like fucking Mother Teresa, but that—that's—that's <laughs> that's what. That's well, like, let's let, let's that's let Deb be. Let's let Deb's be Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> you just be like the hard ass. I'll just be like Bob yeah. Marley. Yeah. I love <laughs> there Bob you Marley. go. Oh, there we go. Okay, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Yes, from a music point of view, here, here, do we hear a lot of reggae? Oh, I and, love reggae. Uh, okay, when, when, you know, when we're prepping and you just want to feel happy. There's nothing like prepping to reggae. And that's what I can't understand about other kitchens. They don't play music, man. Music yeah, is yeah. love. It's food. It's I, c- I can't cook. Even upstairs at our school, we play music all day. Well, so, that's yeah. the thing. that I mean, even walking in here to set up for this chat, that the music was going, you know, and we had to, like, like find the switch to switch it off so we can get talking. <laughs> exactly. So um, let's talk a little bit more about, and I want to talk about outside of the kitchen, and it's an amazing thing to hear how you're giving people an opportunity within within Urban Playground to kind of learn their trade and to learn the skills that they need to go out and succeed in the world. Um, but there's another side to it because when I first encountered Urban Playground, it was as a sort of a lunch venue and, uh, you know, I, I bought a client here and we we pre-ordered the, the duck, okay. the Peking duck. And I had, the, was it a Giro, the, the, the Greek, it was like a wrap, Oh yeah, lamb copter. Lamb copter. Yeah. There we go. How was your duck? Amazing. No, no, it was fantastic. We couldn't finish it though. We had to take it off it with us because it was just so much. Um, I haven't been able to get back since its rise to prominence, and and in the kind of aftermath of COVID, you became very, very present on the Facebook group Cape Town Eats. What a wonderful group, man! What a wonderful. I mean. That lady is, she's a shining star. Pam McConey Pam is, is the most I love it, amazing it. human. I, I love her. And, and Shame. And she, would, you know, she contributes uh, cash-wise towards my feeding program. She's, yeah, she's wonderful. She, she's a person with the biggest heart. Oh. Her Facebook page group or whatever you want to call it is phenomenal. No, it, and it was made not to, to do anything but support and uplift. Yeah, there's no the negativity. Food, and isn't that wonderful? Yeah. No. And you, you know, Russell, you were talking about reviews. I have, I've worked in some of the finest restaurants. Mm. I have never had reviews as much or as good as what I've had with Urban Playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people write a full page. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I sit there and I'm like, you know, it's always easy to complain, but for just someone to sit down and write a page. A glowing. A yeah. glowing page. Yeah. I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, we actually good. Listen, I, I wanted to actually tease you a bit about that because you've got people i mean the 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 sort of hardcore like devoted fans of urban playground that pop up particularly on the group but elsewhere as well um it's it's unbelievable so someone will you know people go onto pam's group and ask for recommendations like where can i get the best ribs you know and someone will say oh here or there or the next place and then if you're wise then you say some, you know, some sort of location, so you don't get get sent to Paul. Yeah, you know. So people will say, you know, I'm a Somerset West this weekend visiting friends. Where can I go for a great family meal? 
and someone will say, urban playground. Like, <laughs> we know yes, yes. <laughs> Exactly. And there's one person in particular, I'm like, if someone says, you're visiting Nisla for the Oyster Festival, where can I go for food? Oh, it's only three hours drive to urban <laughs> playground. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. That, that, that it's, it's, it's a mad cultish yeah. belief. But, but you really have, you've engendered incredible um, support, amazing reviews, and frankly, the food's excellent. Yeah, actually, you know, but you know what's you know what's crazy? I'm not. I cannot believe. I mean, I, I don't want to. Um, on Saturday, we had a really poncy table, man. No um, dinner jackets, and and they, I could see that they obviously they'd read the reviews, so they heard, okay, this is a this is the place to go. But when they looked in here, and I mean, we, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty rockabilly. Yeah. You know, it's 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 me. Exactly, and I greeted them at the thing, and they looked at me with all my tattoos, and you could see this like, mm, have we made the right choice? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I seated them down. We got wooden benches. You could see the whole thing. They were, uh, you know, that that doubt. And anyway, they ordered starters. Uh, one and one of my other chefs took it out. Um, I was cooking, uh, and then I went out and I cleared the table and I said, "Did you enjoy that?" And they, the gentleman said, mm, "This is not such a bad start after all." And I was like. Jeez, okay. And then they obviously ordered mains. Myself, Byron, we were cooking. Um, Debbie went and cleared the mains. And the lady said to her, in these, I would say almost exact words, they travel at least once to twice a month internationally. Okay. They dine out at least five days a week. This is the best food that she's eaten in the last six months. I was like, I thought these eggs were just going to complain and complain. You know, you, that's the vibe. Yeah. For them to walk away with their um, four, uh, or drive away in their four by four Bentley. Yeah. Um, and okay, they did bring their own champagne. Yeah. They had starters each. They had a main course each, and they shared a dessert. Their ball was four hundred ninety-five. No myth. Now, I mean. It, do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, you know, money's tight as well. Yeah. And we're real. We're yeah, real. yeah. I think your determination to keep it small is is just the right ticket because the famous pretty, I mean, pe uh, unbelievable people come to me and say, have you tried Urban, or have you heard of Urban Playground? What, do you, what is this? Do you know this? And I'm like, yeah, it's getting incredible reviews. I ate there in the early days. I haven't been able to get back since they've really, you know, you must go. So the fame is spreading, but the point is that if you try to expand with the fame, I don't know if yeah, it'll last. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a winning recipe, you and have. you know the most important thing is I'm having fun. There we go. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. And the the, the thing is as well is that it taps into something else that you said right at the beginning about having a succession plan, and. More and more in business, I'm hearing about people and their succession plans, and I've never heard anyone say to me a succession plan for a restaurant. And and your succession plan, both for Urban Playground and for Sense of Taste Cooking School, you have one in place, and that's Byron, right? 100%. So, so you're already thinking that through. And I think that a lot of people believe that restaurants just like, oh, well, if you've got a defy stove and you can just fry a steak, that's it, you know? And you can see it in people's reviews and in their perceptions of how restaurants work. That they, oh, if I pay fifty bucks for a steak at Checkers, I can go home and cook it. Why do I have to pay two hundred bucks for a steak in your restaurant? Well, brew that device stove. You switch it on for sixteen hours a day for two years. Yeah. Okay. That's why the kit, the 
gear costs what it does. And someone's actually planned. They've got the chairs. They've, they've created the ambience. You know? Listen, um, on that note, I think we're going to end off because it's been fantastic talking to you. And I think that we could probably keep on talking and swapping stories for hours. But uh, let's end it there. Uh, Chef Peter Ayub, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you to my guest today and to all the creators, innovators, and sloggers who take the time to chat to me at a table in the corner. Thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a comment. Until we meet again, please consider what you eat and where it comes from. Most of all, support small business, consume sustainably, and wherever possible, buy local.